the Filthy Net Deckers podcast? 80th? Right. Wow, that's crazy. But anyway, I'm Nate, <laughs> and I'll be your host today. I'm joined, as always, by the greatest co-host a guy could ask for who writes his own intros, Tony! <laughs> if you want to find either of us on the internet, I'm Darth Heretic, and he is MTG underscore Tony. If you're looking for the podcast anywhere, it's simply Filthy Net Decker's podcast, unlike all of those social media platforms. Yeah, pretty much all of them. Um, it may be chilly outside, but this podcast is heating up. Uh, we're double mythic right now. You know, meaning we're both mythic, not that we're limited mythic and constructed mythic. But I think you know what I mean. We are <laughs> we are crushing the competition at record speeds and life totals. Hopefully, most of our audience is staying safe from the ridiculous snowstorms that are happening across the country right now. But if you're stuck inside with nothing going on, you know, we got plenty of old episodes for you to listen to. And some of them, some of them, Nate, are even pretty good. Yeah, they are. I wouldn't go to the very beginning and listen to our first. That probably sounds like crap, but... Well, we were children Maybe back some then. of the ones. Yeah, maybe some of the middle ones. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Go to, yeah. like, episode 40. We'll probably got our stride by then. Maybe. Maybe yeah. we'll get our stride by episode 100. Yeah, I was thinking we found our stride. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we at least have a formula. That is true. That we do. We, we do. at least have a Patreon. Ooh, Patreon. Nah, that's, that's, they know. They know, about the Patreon, pa- they know about Patreon.com slash Filthy Net Deckers. We do not need to shove that down their throat. They know that for as little as $1.25 <laughs> a month that they can, uh, you know, but they, What do they have access to? Like, they have access to the Discord. But, they, but the Tony, we don't need to go over this. They know they have access to the Discord. They know they get the uh, old ep- the old episodes and the, the, what do you call it, episodes. The pre-show? The pre-show, thank you. That's the word I was like. They know that. We don't need to do a dumb ad. But do they know that they can listen to us live? Like right now, Wednesday at 11.15 in the morning, they could be listening to us. (laughs) Yes, they know all of this already, Tony. Okay, I just... don't want to come. I just want to make sure. Yeah, okay. They just don't want to show up. Except for the people who do, and we love you. So speaking of the formula... Yeah. Would you like me to recite the formula? Sure. Because this is the formula. We've got a fun episode for you today, as always, of course. We are going to start out with our FND 101, where we talk about the week that was for us. Then we're going to move on to our casual upgrades, a segment designed to help us all get a little bit better at magic. Move on to any magic news that happened this week. I'm not sure that we had much, but hey, you know, we'll talk about it. We do. We do have one thing. We at least have Uh, one thing to talk about at magic news. And then let's follow it up with some deck lists. So Nate, FND one hundred and one this week. What did you do? Anything it was exciting happen? This week. Yeah, it was Christmas. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot all about Christmas. It was Christmas. Yeah, so I had a good Christmas. Uh, we had my parents, my wife's parents, my uh, brother-in-law, his kid, my friend uh, Foz was here, and my friend um, Dalton was here. We had a nice big old house. We had a seven pound beef tenderloin that i cooked off nice medium rare all right never mind it was rare it might have been a little undercooked but no there was none of it left so if it was undercooked no one cared they <laughs> ate the entire thing it was delicious everyone opened up gifts we did stockings and my mother my mother-in-law i love her but she loves to put a tiny little like tiny orange in the very toe of the stocking yeah you have to. you know uh, that that's a thing I've never heard of before. This is from her family, so we do that every year. So my wife and I are putting all the stockings together, and she goes, "Don't forget to grab the oranges." So I grab the oranges, and what's sitting next to the oranges? A bag of onions. So I grab one <laughs> onion, and I'm like, "Here's the oranges it? and an onion. What's that for?" I'm like, "Your dad's stocking." I don't know. He'll get a kick out of it. So I give it to her. She puts it. The, she goes, "All right, sure." Puts it the bottom of her dad's stocking. We're opening up the stockings, and somebody gets to the bottom and pulls out their orange, and my father-in-law goes, oh, I love the orange at the bottom. I'm like, yep, you're going to love your orange at the bottom, Brian. And about three or four minutes later, I just hear, what? An onion? And we all die. Every single person just laughs. And about ten minutes later, goes, you know, I'm going to eat this. I'm going to cut this up and put it on a hot dog. That onion's going to get used. Don't you worry. I can 100% hear that, too. Correct, yep. 
Oh, I love it. That's hilarious. Yeah, he just loved his, loved it. He loved his onion. He thought it was. I'm like, you know what? That's, I'm happy I did that. And he he went and I'm like, if anyone is gonna get an onion and find it funny, it's gonna be my father-in-law, and he loved it. <laughs> that makes a great story. That's perfect. Correct. It. It, exactly. It makes it's like the li- tiny little thing that t- cost literally nothing to do, yep. made for the best story. Everyone get a kick out of it. So yeah. <laughs> It, it was good. What about you? Um, yeah. That was the best thing that happened to my Christmas. My Christmas was kind of lame. Gotta be honest. So, uh, We also had a beef tenderloin. And it was amazing. Like, it was mm-hmm. the best piece of beef I've ever eaten in my whole life. Which is crazy. We get crazy. a beef tenderloin every year for Christmas. And well, we, do, we say the same thing every year. It's the best piece of meat we ever have. Brian cut it, because he's the butcher now. Mm-hmm. So he cut it, and um, the manager of his store gave it to him for free. Wow! Right? Yes, it was an $80 wow. piece of meat. And um, he had paid for it already. And the manager came up, and she's like, Brian, what did you did you just pay for that? He's like, yeah, yeah, I did. You know, because, you know, it's, it's for me. She's like, I already cut it perfectly like I want it. And she's like... You don't have to do that. Just take it. Yeah, I'll, I'll refund you. So she refunded him the money for it. Wow. Brought it home, and my mother-in-law cooked it. And I've never had her cook something for me and mm-hmm. me love it. Like, it's always just been, you know, either, okay, this is fine, this is good, or whatever. Mm-hmm. My God, like, it was so delectable, so perfectly cooked all the way through. So- Oh, it was and amazing. Absolutely, the beef tenderloin absolutely melts in your mouth. It too. did. It melted in my it mouth. Absolutely melts in your mouth. That's what's so good about it. Is you just put it in there and you're like, oh, I don't even have to chew. My tongue can break this meat apart <laughs> by itself. It's so good. Yep, yep. And yeah. uh, my wife and I were talking, like last week, we feed my cat. And every single time we feed my cat, my cat purrs. My cat loves food. He is such a little fat ass when it comes to food. Just loves it. I'm like, I've never heard someone purr for food so much. My wife is like, that's going to be you on Christmas with the beef tenderloin. You're going to take a bite of that beef tenderloin. And you're going to be like, oh, that's so good. I'm like, you know what? You're right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yep. So I took one bite and I'm like, it's boba time. My wife's like, what do you mean it's boba time? I'm like, mm, okay. Um. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, we went to a Christmas party on Friday. Um, mm-hmm. Friend of the show, Renee, who made our uh, made uh, our logo. Yep. She made our logo for us, and we went over at her house. And earlier in the day, I, I had been talking with her, and she's like, "Oh, you know, we already lost power once, and it was a bad windstorm. Oh. Like that day was just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. If it had been oh. if it had been colder and that was snow, we would have been screwed. Blizzard. Yep. It would have been awful, but it wasn't. It was mm-hmm. just rain. We rain, high winds, or whatever." And so, uh, she works with my wife now. Mm-hmm. So, they start talking at work and, like, you know what? Let's not have the party. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I was disappointed because I'm like, it's just rain. It's just wind. Mm-hmm. Who cares? And so, after they got out of work, they both decided, you know what? You're right. Let's get together. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, then we go over there. We're not there more than five minutes and the power goes and out. The power for the, goes out. For yep. the entire time that we were oh. there. Oh, that's terrible. No, you know, it was it was fine. We had ordered out uh, Chinese food anyway. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, just sat around. We had candles going. and opened presents together. And it was, it was a mm. good time. Good. Yep. Um, and bowling. Yeah. I, I, you posted on Facebook that you were bowling in my town. I, and you didn't stop by. I was so I disappointed. It's the, it's the other side of town. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going all the way to the other side of town. That being said. <laughs> I used to bowl at Lakeside Lanes as a kid, all the time. Hmm. It, my, I grew up across from a bowling alley. Like, and my, I'm the bowler. Straight across from my from my house, growing up, was a house. Next to that house is a bowling alley. Hmm. That's funny. We never went to that bowling alley. <laughs> which which one it, was it? It's it's a regular. Um, the big ball bowling. It's not. Oh, it's Strikers okay. East and Raymond. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, okay, yeah. I've been there many times. But it's it's big ball bowling, so it's not bowling that my mom liked because my mom likes candle pin like you like. Yeah. So we would go. We would drive to literally drive from Raymond to Manchester 
to play at Lakeside Lanes at that. So you're like, at Lakeside Lanes, I'm like, I know exactly where that is. Oh, Strikers East. I, I used to go there once in a while just for fun. Mm-hmm. Because I forget what night of the, what day it was. It was like Thursdays or Fridays or something. They had dollar beers yeah. that you could get at the yeah. bar. And mm-hmm. I'm like, a dollar? This is cheaper than if I just literally went to the store. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is great. So I'd go there and bowl and have fun there. When my uncle lived with us, he used to go over there and drink. <laughs> He'd just go over there and drink and walk back. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. But either way, I had two uh, pro matches this week. Mm-hmm. I won uh, 13 out of my 14 points on Thursday and 12 out of my 14 on awesome. this past Monday. So That's awesome. Still in first place, still crushing it. Well, you, you better. That's all. True. You better be winning. <laughs> I have a uh, next Wednesday night. Um, I'm going against one of the other division leaders, so that'll be a fun match. Ah. Yeah, in someone um, else who was like, "I don't really want to do this," but they kind of convinced me to and adjust the rules so I could be the top. One of those players. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but yeah, Casey McCool. Is who I'm going to be facing, so... Oh, such a cool name. Casey McCool? Yes, right? It literally sounds like a freaking comic book character. <laughs> like, if you named your comic book character Casey McCool, someone would look at you and be like, you're trying to make that character too cool. <laughs> His last name is literally McCool. Casey McCool? Come on. It's a real person. <laughs> All right. Let's go on to some casual upgrades, Nate. All right. Okay, this is a kind of a long one today. So, it is, but it's an important one. True. This week for casual upgrades, I want to talk about asking questions. If you're unsure, what do you mean? right? Exactly. I'm asking you a question right now. If you're unsure of why something is happening in a game, or what happens when two cards interact, or you lose a game in an arena and like you have no clue why, all of a sudden your face just explodes. You gotta ask people. Like, uh, you're not gonna learn. You're not gonna get any better if you don't ask. Mm-hmm. Best way to do that is to take a screenshot of the battlefield, show the graveyard, any other pertinent information, and then just share it and ask. Um, I see this a lot in the arena groups that I'm a part of. Uh, people will lose and they'll have no clue why, um, or they'll they'll uh, get their opponent to a negative life and not win the game, and they won't know why. As long yeah. as I can see the board, I'll help you. Um, generally, it's because you drew out of your library and didn't have any cards left. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then they just lose. And they're like, why? I was going to attack for the win next turn. They're, you know, my opponent's hacking the game. My I, opponent is hacking the game. I hear, I see that all the time. I promise you. I promise. They're, they're not hacking Arena. <laughs> the payoffs are not worth it to try to hack arena trust me (laughs) is it possible though i don't know not that i know of i have never seen it i've never heard of it actually happening correct i have never heard i've only ever heard oh they're hacking because i lost yeah no that's not that's not how that works i did at the beginning of when arena first came out and you had the the pets Mm -hmm. you used to be able to click the cat a bunch of times and it would slow your opponents uh stuff down but people got banned like Anybody who did that was bound. Mm-hmm. And they had to create a whole new account if they wanted to come back. Yeah. So I, I don't think there's really ways to necessarily hack it. Mm-hmm. Now, again, if you're in the middle of a game and you don't know why something's happening the way it is, you can take screenshots of the issue and then ask about it after. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard, obviously, in the middle to share it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're playing in real life, ask a judge or someone outside of the game. If you think... Yeah, if, you're some- in a tur- if you're in a tournament, you... You see something that does not make sense. Your opponent does something that does not make sense to you. Throw your hand up and yell out, judge. Yeah, absolutely. Let the judge know. Let the judge come over and be like, hey, this is what... My opponent says A, I I have been taught B, which is correct. Yeah, and sometimes you know, that, your, your, I mean, your opponent could very well be right. You just mm-hmm. don't know the rules. Otherwise, they might not know the rules of the way something works. Correct. Like, and it might be something simple, like when something gets exiled... Mm-hmm. You know, what, what, does it go to the graveyard first? Does it just go straight to exile? You know, there's a lot of like I, random things like that. I I just I o ringed my opponent's creature, my opponent's mutated creature. They've destroyed the o ring. 
what happens to those creatures now? There's three creatures underneath here. Do they yeah. come back all mutated together? Do My opponent says they come back separate, but I don't. I don't actually know. But I took it. I took it away as one creature. So wouldn't it come back as one creature? Yeah, yeah. And this is just basically asking a judge, or even asking if you don't. If you're in a place without a judge, just asking a friend, mm-hmm. asking somebody else there, because you know generally they're gonna just tell you what is actually the way it should be. And a quick Google search sometimes. If I understand magic rules are complicated, so if you understand the magic rules enough to just do a quick Google search, the magic rules sometimes are all there. There's a couple different apps with all of the magic rules on them. Certainly do not print out the magic rules and keep them on you in person. There's no point to that. There's no point to it. You don't need a Dungeon Master's Guide to play magic. No, no, you do not. No. I mean, like, even, like, I, I feel like I know the rules really well, but sometimes mm-hmm. on Monday Night Magic, the commander stuff, people will see an interaction and they'll be like, can you help me here? The and beginning of your upkeep. If you have two of uh, the beginning of your upkeep triggers, do they both trigger at the same time? Because it's the beginning of your upkeep. Oh, the yes, it does. But if, only if they are actually triggering, right? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> if, it, if one says at the beginning of your upkeep, make a 1-1 creature, and the other one says, at the beginning of your upkeep, if you have two creatures, this triggers. Mm-hmm. It won't trigger if you don't have two creatures. Correct, yeah. Even though you could technically put it on there and you would have you've to. Got to but, but you've got to be able to have the tr- things to, <laughs> to, um, to, what's the word I'm looking for, target with the first thing. You've got to be able to make it with the second. It, 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 mm-hmm. Beginning of upkeep triggers are tough. We just had to do that with coin flip deck. The other mm, night at okay. Magic is beginning of the upkeep triggers with coin flip deck, so. Yeah, yeah, I forget the last question that I had, but I was like, I I think this is the way it goes, and I explained mm-hmm. it the way I saw it, but I'm like, I'm going to just double check, and then of course I look it up, and I'm like, okay, yes, I was actually right this time. Yeah. But, but there's been times when I wasn't there's right. a, There's any time for me even, there's a question in my head over whether I'm correct, I'm looking it up. Yep. If I know 100% I'm right, I won't look it up. If I question even myself, I'm looking it up only because I don't want to get it wrong for everyone. Right. I don't want to get it wrong for myself. I don't want to get it wrong and then have someone come back later and be like, oh, last time we played, Nate, you said B, though, and now you're saying A. You're only doing the rules the way you want them to work. No, that's not... That's not how I do rules. I've been accused of that in the past by people, but that's literally people who are going like, no, the, the, the rules are rules, though. <laughs> the rules are the rules. I'm sorry if you don't understand them, but these are the rules. Yep. Yep. And if you're building a deck ahead of time and you're not sure how two cards will interact, you could ask. Ask someone ahead of time. That way you know when you're actually playing. Yep. Or, you know, you can ask a friend. Ask us. Mm-hmm. You know, I, if only there was a way to interact with us. <laughs> and I mean, ask us questions. I mean, like, if you put something in the Discord, yeah. we generally answer you almost right away. Even if you don't want to pay for the Discord, shoot us a message on any of the social media sites. Yeah, that we is also true. With, if you have a judge question, send us a question. Just put the <laughs> word JUDGE in all caps with an exclamation mark. We'll get back to you with an answer 100%. Yep, yeah, that's very true. I used to get messages from Tony all the time. JUDGE! <laughs> <laughs> and now, a dumb question under it. Now I just text your wife, because you just ask her anyway. For the, <laughs> the questions about game rules, I know. Yeah. All of the game rules questions you ask, I pretty much know. But when you ask me tournament rules questions, yes, I default to my wife for tournament rules. She knows that a lot better than I do. I won't argue whatsoever about that. When should you DQ people? I have no idea. We'll ask my wife for that. Oh, I DQ'd somebody this past week. Uh-oh, what he, for? He played Joda as his commander. I said, nah, DQ, no prize. You're all wow. done. You're done. Get wow. out of here. Which Joda? The good Joda or the bad Joda? The one you don't play, so the good one. Wow. <laughs> the, the five-color one. Wow. Yeah, and then he won, of course, because, you know, obviously I was joking with him. Mm-hmm. But, but then he ended up winning. Because Joda's really good. Yeah, because Joda's really, really good. No, actually he yeah. won because... Um, Thassa with Carter battle something or other. He goaded all of his opponents every turn. (laughs) And they ended up having to kill each other. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's fun. Yes. That's fun. I'm not going to kill you, guys. I'm not. No, I it had nothing to do with I him, won't like... kill you. <laughs> You'll all be killing each other, and I'm just going to sit here. <laughs> yeah, he ended up not That's playing any more spells. He just, every turn, would blink it and then goad. Yep. Yep. And that was every turn he would do that. Yep. See, Jonah, we talk about you too. <laughs> Jonah, we talk about Jonah. Jonah. Uh, speaking of uh, magic on Mondays, you know who came in this week? Who came in this week? Do I know who came in this week? <laughs> Your former roommate. My former roommate, Sean, yeah. Yep. I was about to hop in the shower when he FaceTime called me, and I'm like, yeah. I'm Why didn't you answer? Because I'm butt naked. <laughs> and as much as Sean would love for me to answer the phone butt naked, I had a feeling I probably shouldn't. And if I was, uh, if he was at your work, I could just imagine him walking around with the phone going, look guys, Nate's naked. And I'm like, no, yeah, happy I did not answer that call. <laughs> Two minutes later when I got a Facebook notification saying, uh, he's tagged me in a post. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, smart not to answer that. Yep, yep, you definitely were. <laughs> definitely were. Anyway, anyway, anyway. We got some magic news, right? We have one magic. tidbit of magic Do news. Do we have magic news? That ma- Wizards is closed right now. How is there possibly magic news? <laughs> uh, so magic data science. I, magic I never... data science. Okay. I'm not 100% who, who they are, but they did some math. And math is always fun. It's a Twitter account, right? Yeah, it is. At MTG underscore DS. That is actually correct. How'd you know? You, Looking you... at the tweet. Oh, right. The one that said <laughs> Uh, it says 2022 was a prolific year for Wizards Magic. What this... do you define prolific? What do you mean by prolific, Tony? Well, 10,498 card variations were printed this year. If you're not sure if that's a lot, like, I mean, I don't know how many Magic cards are printed every year. Who knows? But I can tell you that is 14.7% of all cards in Magic's history were printed this year. 14.7%. Someone said to me last night 15, and I went, nope, 14.7. That is not 15%. Of all Magic cards were printed this year? Yes. That, that is ridiculous. And it's because every set has four different versions of every card. Correct. Yeah. So, like, you have, like, Elish Norn coming up in the new set. There's seven there, different... There's Yeah, there's, like, five or six different Elish Norns. Right. And that would be seven different card variations. So... Okay. So, within this 10,498 card variations, we're including every single secret layer. Yes. Because that's each card variation. Correct. Okay. Yep. And this That's year, still a lot. We had a lot of secret layers, too. It, it, what it really means, what this kind of is telling me, is that instead of print, instead of printing like brand new cards, they're just printing a bunch of variations of individual cards. Not not old cards, but just variations of cards because some yeah. of them are brand new, some of them are old, but it's just different versions. Yes. Do we need that? I mean, some old cards we need new variations of. Give me. New variations of Shocklands, and I'll probably, I mean, not Shocklands, Fetchlands, and I'll be happy. This year we get new variations of Shocklands, they were nice. Mm-hmm. This year we get new variations of Buddy Lands, those were nice. But did it make getting them cheaper for people? I don't know, I have them, so I didn't buy them, but I know that, um, <laughs> yeah, Fetchlands I assume it always makes it cheaper year. for people, which is Fetchlands nice. For- this is the cheapest Fetchlands have been, yeah. Do you know how much a Scalding Tarn is right now? I don't know. You, but... you can get a playset of Scalding Tarn for the cost of an old Scalding Tarn. Wow, so like 25 bucks? Because they used to be around 100, 120. They're less than 20 right now. Wow. They're like $18 for a Scalding Tarn. Right Ooh, now. that is crazy. Right? That is great, man. I, I should buy some more just to if, have it. If you don't already own a playset of Scalding Tarns and you want them, now's the time to buy them. Because they have been reprinted so much, and we don't really know when they're going to get printed again, but maybe next year when they print another 15% of all magic cards. <laughs> next year it'll be 15.7%. Correct. Yeah. Um, but also, there has been 425 new legendary creatures 
were debuted, basically. It says new commanders were debuted, but... Yeah, 425 just brand new legendary creatures? That's... That, that's 25% of all legends were printed in the last year? Okay, that doesn't sound real. Like, <laughs> there's only 1,600 different commanders? Or 1,700? Well, you figure... you If you look at it, up until Commander was a format... A legendary creature is a drawback. Right, but you I feel like you would always get like three or four per set. But now like every Now you combo. get three or four per color in uncommon alone. Yeah, I know. You're not getting three or four rares, you're getting three or four uncommon. Yep. Legendary creatures. Never mind the rare legendary creatures, never mind the mythic rare legends. So, yeah, I I understand. And this doesn't so, even include, like, sets that were designed heavily for Legends. Like, um, it, was Kamigawa Neon Dynasty heavy into printing legendary creatures? It wasn't necessarily supposed to be. It wasn't necessarily you know? supposed to be. But my God, I remember it did. The, the original Kamigawa was. It was very much about Legends. So I, if I wanted to build a new commander deck for each one of these, how many commander decks would I have to build, like, say, in a week? Well, this average is 1.16 a day. 425 <laughs> commanders what? averages 1.16 commanders per day release. So that's like eight per week is what I would have to do? At least, yes. You would have to be doing, you would have to be building a commander eight days a week. Wow. Wow. Crazy. <laughs> and but I'm thinking about my t- I have ten commander decks myself. Okay. Last year, last year at this time I had one. Now I have ten. Wow. Okay. That, that's a big increase. The second one I bought was Zender Split Notum, which came in the mail about a month ago, maybe about a week ago now. <laughs> you know, I bought I bought that literally as my second commander. It came in as my tenth. That's how long it took for that <laughs> coin flip deck to come in. But you figure. That wasn't a new commander that was debuted, but I have the four um, Warhammer 40k decks. That's four new commanders. My um, Joda deck, my, um, not Joda, Jared Carhelion there. He's brand new from this year. I I definitely have a... Bye, kid. Have a good day. I definitely have a Kamigawa deck that's a pre-made. I I think most of my commanders are from this year, actually. Because I, within the past year, have really gotten back into commander for as of as you know the casual paper format i play been been playing once a week now for over a year and it's been commander yeah i mean that's what people play now and that's why Mm -hmm. they're that's why they're building so many new commanders and that's why they're doing all this stuff and on one hand I can be okay with it. I'm okay when you have a fun new commander that has a brand new thing that hasn't been done before, but when you get another zombie commander and you're like, I'm never going to use that as my commander because this other zombie commander is just strictly better. Here's a new vampire commander. Well, why am I going to run that vampire when Edgar Markov exists? Edgar Markov is just a better vampire commander, period. You know what I mean? So sometimes it's like, why? The other times it's like, because not everyone wants to do that. So I understand where they're coming from. But a legendary creature, just as a straight up card, adding the word legendary hinders your card playability. Except in Commander. Correct. And then if that's where most people are playing, it is no longer... It's no longer negative. Anywhere else. That hurts. It hurts to, even in Commander, it hurts to have a legend because I can't make copies of that creature. I'm only going to have one copy of that creature oh, ever. Nowadays, everything says if it's You're a right. legendary. Nowadays, nowadays now there's a legendary. bunch of stuff. That, nowadays, there's a bunch of stuff, but my old, my old um, right of replication isn't going to yeah. help. Exactly. You know, that's not going to help unless I can write of replication the cloned copy that lost it. The spark doubled copy. If I can copy the spark double, then I'm good. Do you know what my favorite one of these stats is, though, Tony? What is that? Approximately 18% of all words in all rules text of all cards ever printed was in 2022. (laughs) 
That can't be real. The real question is who is going and adding up all of the words? I do not want that job, let me tell you. 18% of all words and rules texts. Do you know why that is? Do you know why? Because they're doing front and backs now? Because they're doing front and back of cards and they're adding a... Like Strixhaven, I feel like, was 10% of all rules. Strixhaven might have had a lot as well. But you figure... Do you know what came out this year? Transformers. Mm, yep, yep, that's true. You figure every single one of those Transformers cards has a text box on each side. Yep. You know, my coin flip deck came out this year. That has cards with text on both sides on some of them. You know, there's a lot of cards that have text on both sides as opposed to deal deals three damage to any target. That's all the words written on this card. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yep. So this magic data science uh, tweet was very interesting. Very. And when you show this to wizards, they're going to be like, and next year all of them will be bigger. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't mind the variations because I think it does help the prices of different things. Mm -hmm. Or if you're a person like me, it costs more, but that's, you know, that's okay. (laughs) <laughs> I'm willing to spend the extra money to get the coolest looking one. But if you're not, it's going to it's gonna save you money, for sure. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with more commanders being printed, because it does make the things more interesting. Um, I don't know, not the rules tax necessarily. I'd like that cut back a little bit. <laughs> but it is what it is. So. It is what it is. And they, they certainly do need to roll back a little. Yeah. Yes, they do. Just a little bit. It it is too much. As someone who at one point wanted to collect every single one of a specific thing, like I want all the dual decks. You know? Mm -hmm. I want all of the pre-made commander decks. Good luck. I remember... All the pre-made commander decks? Have fun. There was a guy on one of the other podcasts I listened to. He was like, just, you know, uh, a guest. And he was making a commander deck for every commander that there could be every legendary creature and he already had whatever 600 something commander decks or 900 something commander decks he can't keep up with that <laughs> there's just nope. no way but even wanting a commander deck for every legend is absurd that's an absurd thought oh i agree but i mean because even before they somebody printed, wants like, to Sure, but 425 decks is absurd. Yes. Yep. 600 magic decks is absurd. So saying I want a I want a magic deck for every commander is absurd to say anyway. Never mind the fact there's like, oh yeah, here's 1.1 commanders every day, guys. <laughs> uh, 1.16. Correct. Yeah. We're going to have to start counting next year. January 1st, do we have a new commander? Nope. January 2nd, do we have a new commander? Nope. The new set drops. All right, we have 18 new commanders we have filled in all of these days. Oh, 18. No, each new set, there's going to be like 30. Oh, no, that was just from the... Um, secret layer. From the secret layers. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on to some deck lists. Deck yes. lists, it yeah. is. We've, we've talked about numbers too much. My head's hurting. Well, that's what happens when you talk. No, your head hurts when I talk. That's true. All <laughs> right. So do you have any fun decks, Tony? What'd you play this week? Um, I played a lot of Brawl and a lot of stupid fun decks. So no, I do not okay. have any. But um, I do have a lot of information from untapped.gg. Good. So I'm going to go over... Um, just the top decks in Historic. At least according to untap.gg. Okay. And then, you, you know, we can do your actual ones that you're playing. But Rakdos Midrange sure. is number one in Historic right now. Interesting. Yeah, I, I thought that was interesting too. Um, it's got a 67... Is Rakdos Midrange the one with... Um, we're running uh, the Cat Oven combo along with uh, the dude that deals damage whenever stuff is sacked? No, nope. Nope. nope, that is that is a thing of the past now. Interesting. This has this looks like a standard deck, just upgraded. Oh god. 
three Lily of the Vale, four Blood Tithe Harvester, two Croxa, two Graveyard Trespassers, two Bone Crusher Giant, four Seasoned Pyromancer, two Shieldred, two Inquisition of Kozilek, four Thought Seize, two Molten Impact. Do you know that card? Yes, it's, a, it's an alchemy card, so I didn't know. So it's, it's it's an alchemy, really good alchemy burn card. Yeah, it is. Uh, four Fatal Push, two Heartless Act, and would you believe three Fable of the Mirror Breaker? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just the All-Stars basically from this year with the All-Stars from Historic. Yeah. Mashed together. And it's 67% win rate. Ew. That is crazy. Ew. Yep, number two is Is It Belcher with a 65% win rate. <laughs> 65% win rate on Is It Belcher? Really? Believe it or not, yep. Uh, huh. This this one runs one Kahira, four Faithless Looting, four Strangle, four Strike It Rich, uh, four Shatter Skull Smashing, uh, two Brotherhood's End, four Indomitable Creativity. That's how you're going to be getting your Belcher. Yep. Two Seize the Spoils, four Iron Crag Feet. Uh, four Song Mad Treachery, four Seagate Restoration, four Pact of Negation, four Spikefield Hazard, four Kazool's Fury, four Valakit Awakening, and four Magma Opus, along with the four Belgers. Interesting. Yeah. 65% right there. And then the third. Sounds like a Belcher deck, you didn't say a single land. No, nah, there's no <laughs> lands in that deck. And then Is It Wizards is number three at 65.1 also. And this one runs Kahira, or no, not Kahira, Gigantha as its uh, companion. Mm-hmm. Four Symmetry Sage, four Soul Scar Mage, four Dreadhorde Arcanist, three Balmor Battle Mage Kaplan, Captain. I see this deck more than any other deck on Arena. Yeah. I always see it. It's got four Reckless Charge, one Mentor's Guidance, four Static Discharge, four Expressive Iteration, four Consider, four Play With Fire, four Spike Field Hazard, four Wizard's Lightning. And lands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to say I play uh, when I play historic. That's the deck I see the most of in historic. Oh, God, I see it all the time in historic. Um, being able to move that um, that symmetry sage, being able to put that plus three onto the um, not plus dreadboard arcanist base three. Base three, yeah. Putting that base three onto the dreadboard arcanist, or sneaking it underneath your. Um, your prowess creature that's already gotten a whole bunch of plus one, plus one on top of it. Yep. No, look, now it's got a base of three instead of a base of one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That can be that can be really good. Especially for a one drop. It's so good as a one drop. Mm-hmm. All right, there's my top three in Historic. What do you got? All right. Well, I have also been playing Historic. Okay. I've been playing that, that same Devotion deck I mentioned last week. Mono Green Devotion, Elfish Mystic, Land of Our Elves, yeah, yeah. Kiora, Karn for the Karn board. And I've been playing that and going up on the ladder. My record is 20 and 12 with that. Nice. In best of three matches. I'm only playing best of three. It, it's a secret best of three because it's, I only ever play best of one with it. I just happen to have seven card sideboard. I mean, a 15 card sideboard <laughs> instead yep. of seven. That's exactly. how I do this. It's been, it's been really good. And let me tell you how good Akroma's Memorial is. If you've never played with Akroma's Memorial, play it. It's so much fun. Especially when you make it a creature. Correct. Especially when you make it a creature. Especially when you can drop it with Karn. You put it in your hand the turn before. The next turn you drop it and then you use Karn to animate it. It gives itself haste. It's great. Mm-hmm. Definitely have won games with that. Loving this deck. Uh, but like you, I've been playing a lot of Brawl. I love, love my Jota deck in Brawl. Uh, I haven't talked about my Jota deck in Brawl in a while. My Jota deck in Brawl is... I've got Jota and my companion is Karuga the Macrosage. Mm-hmm. I am 192 with this deck. This wow. particular version of this deck, which should show you exactly how many times I have uh, played this deck right now. Um, So... I have fun with it. Um, Karuga is really good for drawing a bunch of cards. I run a whole bunch of the three-drop artifacts that make mana of any color. Or, like, the crystals that'll make mana of two colors. Okay, sure. And then just Ruinous Ultimatum, Inspired Ultimatum, Genesis Ultimatum, Emergent Ultimatum. I Emergent Ultimatum, and I look for 
uh, Omniscience. Normally a big creature like Troxel the Corrosive. And then Verdant Rejuvenation. And Verdant Rejuvenation says Seek X Creature Enchantment and or Planeswalker cards where X is the highest mana value among creatures you control. Put mm -hmm. those cards onto the battlefield. So I'll say, do you want me to have an Omniscience or a Verdant Rejuvenation? I had one card in my hand. One card in my hand, Tony. My opponent put Omniscience back. Wow. I would have gotten one free spell if you allowed me to cast Omniscience. Instead of, instead of five free spells? Instead of Verdant Rejuvenation. But instead, you gave me the Verdant Rejuvenation. And then scooped immediately when Omniscience was pulled out of the deck. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. It's so much fun with this. But I've talked about this deck before. You have. I actually want to talk about a deck I have not played, but I keep playing against and keep losing. Okay. This is a historic brawl deck run by Rusko Clockmaker. Familiar with this card? I have heard of it. I have not seen it, no. Rusko Clockmaker is two, a black, and a blue for a 3-3 legendary creature human artificer. He's from the new alchemy set. So I don't own a copy of him. Actually, I do own because I've opened one up. But I don't, I don't want to craft the five or six cards I would need to make this deck. Okay. But damn, is this deck unbeatable. All right, so when he enters the battlefield, <laughs> conjure a card named Midnight Clock onto your battlefield. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, put an hour counter on each permanent you control named Midnight Clock. Each opponent loses one life, and you gain one life. <laughs> so what they do is they play Rusko, and if you destroy it, they play it again the next turn because the commander tax has already been paid by just playing them. You yep. get half your commander tax paid. Just like Golos. So next turn, so yeah, exactly, just like Golos. So next turn you get to play him again, and then you get another one of those things. Or you go, you know what, fine. I'm just going to ignore the clockmaker. Now every time they're casting a spell, they're putting a hour counter on each midnight clock they own. Wow. So on okay. their upkeep, they're getting a counter. On my upkeep, they're getting a counter. And then they cast a spell and they get a counter. So now I kill the Rusko. They bring the Rusko back. Now they have multiple midnight clocks, each gaining counters. And then so I go to kill the thing again. And they're like, I'm not going to, you can't kill it. I'm going to essence flux. One blue mana, exile target creature who control, then return it back to the battlefield. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, did they did they tap out to play Rusko? Awesome! I can oh, I can't kill it. They have one blue mana floating because Rusko makes a blue mana for them. Did they blink it right away when you went to kill it the first turn? Now they automatically are so far ahead of you wow. on value. It is ridiculous. Okay, I I heard someone hit say, "Is anyone else just playing against Clockmaker decks?" And I was like, I don't even know what that is. I have not seen it whenever I play Brawl at all. So, as you know, I don't know if everybody knows this, but if you go onto Arena and you play Historic Brawl and you hop into the only queue possible, there's only one queue you can go into to play Historic Brawl, mm -hmm. it actually separates you into two different queues. Correct. One queue is for the ridiculously powerful commanders, like like Golos. Who else is in that queue? Um, Asika. Um... With the bridge from below, or bridge yeah, from the bridge, whatever. the the, the prismatic, prismatic bridge, bridge deck. Yeah. Exactly. If you if uh, you're running prismatic bridge as your commander, maybe you should be in a different queue than people running dumb little commanders. You know, yeah. you're I can win tell every you, single time. Uh, Jetmir is in that queue. I can tell Jetmir's you, Jetmir's also in the other queue too, though, because I've run into Jetmir before too. Nicol Bolas is in that queue. Yep. Captain Sisse is in that queue. Because they're just ridiculously powerful commanders. The model and black eventually, discard one. If you keep playing in that queue, Rus Rusko's going to get moved over. Yep. He's got to be. He is way too good with the, I'm going to play him. Oh, did you kill him? Next turn, I'm going to play him again. Oh, did you kill him? Next turn, I'm just going to play him again. Yep. Because he... His commander... He pays for half of his own commander tax every time you, play, every time you pay him. And then... One mana blink spells are gross in this deck. All It runs every single possible one mana blink spell in Arena. Wow, okay. It also runs one black mana blink spells. 
Malachar Rebirth. Choose starter mm-hmm. creature. You lose two life until end of turn. That creature gains. When this creature dies, return it to the battlefield tapped under its owner's control. Oh no! <laughs> you get another midnight clock. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that Dis- seems seems really disgusting good. Disgusting deck. It's. I'm sure I could come up with a version that's not this exact deck list I found and be able to run it. I'm sorry. I'm not craft. I'm not wasting a rare wild card on a counter spell. The card counter spell. When this okay. is literally the only place I can play it is in this format. Yeah. That being said, I did use a rare wild card to get the um, Rejuvenation, but I stand by that. <laughs> <laughs> I stand by my Verdant Rejuvenation. That card is so much fun. It, especially when you go, would you rather me get a big creature, Verdant Rejuvenation, or Omniscience, you get to choose any two, and they go, you can't have Omniscience, and then Omniscience comes out of the deck because they didn't fully read Verdant Rejuvenation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I love. Yeah, I have an alchemy deck where I just, if it doesn't matter if it wins or loses, I don't care, because it's just in the mm-hmm. play queue, but it, it plays Verdant Rejuvenation, and that's mm-hmm. the whole goal of the whole thing. Yeah. And then it gets a bunch of Titan of Industries and other massive cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this uh, Rusko Clockmaker deck in Brawl, disgusting, dude. I'm telling you. <laughs> absolutely disgusting. And just being able to blink it, it being able to pay for its own task, tax. Facet Deep Dwelling is in the deck. The beginning of your upkeep, exile a creature, return it to play. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. 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 So, yeah. A whole bunch of creatures. Like, it's got Air Airtie Resurrected. Oracle of the Alpha is in this deck. Is Oracle of the Alpha in this deck worth running? Eh, I don't know. I don't know if Oracle of the Elf is worth running at all, but yeah. I guess it lets you cast Black Lotus in Arena and you can say you did the thing. Um, so what I've been seeing with a lot of the Oracle of the Alpha is that with Micromancer. It's a 4-mana 3-3, and when it enters the battlefield, search your library for um, an instant or sorcery with converted mana cost 1. Interesting. And then you grab Ancestral Recall, and then you're just going off at that point. Yeah, and then you just draw three cards. Yeah. I, oh, see, a, I see a lot of that happening. Interesting. Mm-hmm. If only it could pull you the time walk. At that point, you just end up scrying it, and you'd find it anyway. Mm-hmm. Would you like to know the top three Explorer decks right now? Sure, yeah. Okay. Uh, number one with a 62.8% win rate is Boros Heroic. Okay. Yep, yep, I can see that. Yep, Gigantha is the companion. You get four Favored Hoplite, four Monastery Swift Spear, four Illuminator Virtuoso, two Dreadhorde Arcanist, uh, four Tenth District Legionnaire, four Homestead Courage, four Ancestral Anger, four Defiant Strike, four God's Willing, four Reckless Rage, Two Sajiri Shelters, two Invigorated Rampage, and Lands. Yeah. I haven't played against that deck, but that seems really good. Yeah, it does. It's a lot like the Wizards deck. It It is very good. Yeah. Or maybe I uh, did, and it's just you win so quickly that you don't notice. That 1-1 double strike, once you start putting those things on it, is gross. Mm Mm-hmm. And you can't really hit their creatures most of the time because they've got protection spells. To yep. save their creatures with most yeah, we, of the time, I have been able to, I have been able to throw a uh, goblin chain whirler down and take out a few of their creatures when they weren't uh, realizing I was going to be able to take out multiple at once. Man, but yeah, what's the favorite top plates? A one-two swift spears? A one-two? The virtuoso. That's the only thing that has one power though. Is the virtuoso? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Took out multiple virtuosos with a yeah, okay. goblin chain whirler. That is nice. It was fun. Yep. Um, second deck is Mono Red Burn with a 62.5% win rate. Again, I'm surprised it's that four, high of a win rate. It It is. 390 matches, so it's not, you know, little amounts. Mm-hmm. Uh, four Swift Spear, four Soul Scar Mage, four Dreadhorde Arcanist, four Bone Crusher, four Ancestral Anger, four Light Up the Stage, four Play With Fire, four Reckless Rage. A lot of the same cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, two Spike Field Hazard, four Wizards Lightning, and four Kumano Faces Kakazam. And then a bunch of lands. So again, we're seeing the same cards over and over again. Mm-hmm. And lastly, number three is Mono White Humans. With four Dauntless Bodyguard, four Hopeful Initiate, four Recruitment Officer, four Luminarch Aspirant, four Thalia's Lieutenant, four Thalia Guardian of Thraben, four Adeline, 
four Brutal Cathar, two Extraction Specialist, four Brave the Elements, which I don't have any of. That's weird. Uh, and then a bunch of lands. You don't Bra- have any Brave the Elements? Is that the one that was in the did newest set? Did you buy the most recent? Yeah, yeah, I did. The most recent. Um, My untapped hasn't been um, showing when I get new cards for some reason. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Those are the top in four. The most recent anthology. That's why. Oh, number four has a thousand matches already. At Golgari elves. People yeah, love playing I'm, elves, huh? Whew. Well, with the new explorer anthology adding in the. Um, green black elf that says when it enters the battlefield your opponent loses life equal to the number of elves you control yeah i can see why mm-hmm. number one deck right now with matches is 2300 by mono white humans wow yeah that's a lot of mono white humans any other decks you want to wrap this up we can wrap it up a little early but i suppose we can yeah it's christmas yeah that's true it's been a kind of slow week correct so, um, Happy New Year to everybody. Uh, yeah. It's coming up this weekend, so hopefully you all stay safe. Have a good time. But, you know, stay safe. Get home. Okay. Uh, you can find the Filthy Net Takers podcast on all social media. Follow us everywhere. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Hello. TikTok. I love it. Uh, you can find me at MTG underscore Tony or Nate at Darth Heretic on Twitter. Uh, Patreon.com slash Filthy Net If you want to help support the podcast, we would really, really appreciate it. I uh, just want to thank you all. Feel free to share your deck list with us. It makes our jobs that much easier. And Nate, that's it. We're done. We're done. We're Talk done. to y'all next year. <laughs> 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 too. All right. See ya. Bye.